Welcome into the Sharp Angles podcast. The NFL season is one week away. Fellas, I cannot wait. I am joined by Rich Rebar and Dan Pizzuta. It's going to be absolutely incredible. We've got a great show for you guys today. We are going to be running a snake draft on teams that we think are going to perform the best this season. Really unique and fun idea. The boys did it last season, and it was really great. Got a lot of good feedback, so we want to run it back this year. I'll let Rich lay it out because he won the competition last year. But before we do that, a couple of quick announcements. Number one, this weekend we are running a code on the website. The discount code is GET25. It gets you 25% off of anything and everything. We have the book, if you still haven't gotten a copy of the book. We have the betting packages. We have Rich's fantasy packages. We have the all access, which bundles everything, including props. And not only do we have the full season stuff, 25% off, which is like the biggest discount. I mean, you save a ton doing that, but you can also use it on weekly and monthly packages. Subscribe for just the weekly package. One week at a time, you can roll through the season with us. That's a lot of fun, and you get 25% off of that too. So I encourage you, get to the site as quickly as possible. We already have week one NFL betting recommendations live on the site. So get 25 is the code, 25% off. Number two, really excited to share our podcast lineup in season. Of course, this is the flagship show, I guess you could say, guys. This is the original show the Sharp Angles podcast. We're also rolling out a couple other shows. One we've done in the past, uh, that's Rich Rebar's fantasy show. Uh, Rich is going to be bringing on a guest every single week. That's going to be a ton of fun. Totally fantasy-centric podcast, going to be excellent. And then we've got a betting podcast that we think you guys are going to love as well. We've got a couple of experts from our site Pro better Mark and Ryan, who work who works on the site as well. They're going to be diving into lots of player props, interesting insight and analysis, getting you ready to bet for the upcoming week and, and hopefully make some money in the process. So that's going to be fun. And of course, the Sharp Angles podcast, the one you are listening to is going to be Rich and Dan. Speaking of Rich, all of his draft content is up there. He's got ratings. He's got cheat sheets, rankings tiers with detailed analysis, 65-page PDF walking you through when you should be drafting players, when you should move to the next position or the next tier. Lots of great content up on the website, over 100 articles. Highly encourage you to check that out. Super low price if you get in weekly. Again, use Get25, but you guys got your drafts coming up. Highly encourage you to get on board with Rich's fantasy content some of the best in the industry, and get ready. We were just talking about it before we hit record on this podcast. The worksheet is about to drop for week one, starting on Tuesday. It's going to be incredible walking you through every single game, new article for every single game that's going to be played this season, previewing who you should be interested in, lots of analytics, lots of analysis, every single player that matters from a fantasy perspective, lots of betting angles into that as well. Every single Tuesday for next week's games, the earliest big article in the industry, one of the best riches worksheet. That's part of the draft package. So highly encourage you to get on board with that. With that said, gents, let's talk about this awesome draft idea that you guys had. Rich, you are the champ from the 2020 season. 
talk to the listeners about what this contest entails, how we're going to pick these teams and what we're looking to do here. Yeah, so uh, I don't have the official records, but I think I, I, I was a walk away. I think I, I, I was good in the <laughs> middle of the season and, and no one threatened me. But basically, we're just going to pick 30 teams, uh, you know, 10 teams each. So there will be two left over that don't make it. Uh, I'm trying to think of who was left over last year that we did not. Maybe pick. the Jags. Uh, someone picked the Jags. I think it was Dan. Uh-huh. So he did get one win from the Jags. Uh, but basically, it, it really is just a running win total. The, the the contestant that has the most amount of wins wins the contest at the end of the year. Uh, we came up with so the prize, I guess, for me winning is that I can just pick my draft slot this year. Uh, so I'm going to use advantage. Let's that. roll out. Let's 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 roll out a new prize for this upcoming season. <laughs> Make it a little bit interesting. I think let's, you can pick do- the full draft order if you want, Rich. Because uh, we have not uh, prepared that, so I think you if you want to if you want to give the whole order, Rich. I think I think since I wasn't part of it last year, I have to sit in the third spot. So anybody who's new has to take the last spot. Uh, that means Rich is one, Dan's two. Well, I the will prize, pick two. I would like to go. Oh, second. you want two? Okay, so <laughs> Dan's number one, Rich is two. I'll be three, and the prize for winning this will be a whopping one thousand dollars. We will throw one thousand dollars to the victor at the end of the season. So you guys have to keep track of this, Dan. You can write this down. Uh, you know, we'll publish an article on the site to put everything in stone, and uh, and let's go one thousand dollar cash prize. I would like to think my Bears pick last year won me the the, the prize because everyone bagged at me for picking the Bears and they ended up going eight and eight. Uh, they probably deserve to go four and twelve, but uh, you'll take those four extra wins that they gave me. Yeah, so I uh, I was able to find uh, the results from last year. Rich did win uh, from the two spot uh, with ninety. Uh, Ta was second with eighty three. And then uh, we don't have to talk about uh, what else happened in that draft. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe you took to the Cowboys in the second round. So. I took the Cowboys in the second round. Yeah. And that uh, that didn't work. Uh, so 90 up. to 83. That wasn't that far of a gap. Nope, I nope. mean, seven wins. Not not terrible. So uh, I expect a close competition this year. I also expect Dan. I think he'll do a lot better as well. So He just ran into some bad luck. Sure. Yeah, let's leave it at that and not just a terrible draft of trying to figure out what was going on. Well, you were on the Browns and the Browns were good. You had some good picks. Just I think at the top, you had some teams fall apart on you. Sure. Yeah. Rams in the seventh, uh, Dolphins in the ninth. Um, But uh, everything else was bad. We'll hope uh, there's a little bit better this year. Maybe. I'm not sure how it could get much worse, but we'll see. Exactly. Nowhere to go but up. I'd like to think that's true, but I'm not confident. Well, you could kick us off, buddy. You could lead us off with uh, another uh, home run picker at the top. All right, I will. All right, so uh, falling into the same patterns, I guess, but because I had the first pick last year. Uh, but I guess I'll just go with the Chiefs. Uh, there's really nowhere else to go, I think. I'm not uh, totally scared of uh, anyone in their division. They're still very good. I think we saw some points last year where they were, you know, they were a team that, didn't feel like they needed to put their foot on the gas all the time. I think we talked about it on this show a bunch last year. Um, so I think some of their, you know, end of game scores were a little closer than really the talent was and and the play between the two teams last year. But I think we saw with how much, you know, too high safety was going, they were fine. We'll throw short. I think this year they're going to be running the ball a little more. You know, they have some of those power elements with, uh, with the offensive line they use. Uh, I mean, I'm going way too long. If, 
we're describing why the Chiefs are going to still be good. Uh, and that's going to take five minutes. This is going to be a, a five-hour podcast. So yeah, Chiefs, they're, uh, they're good and probably have the most wins. Yep, nice and basic. I'll follow it up with chalk as well. I'm just going to go with the Buccaneers. I mean, we know that the Buccaneers got, they were super fortunate on the injury front. They were one of the least injured teams of the NFL last year, and that played a big role into their run. But I just think when you look at it from a depth perspective and the division they play in, they're just so head and shoulders better than everyone in the NFC South. I believe the Saints take a step back uh, with the retirement of Drew Brees as well. And obviously not having Michael Thomas for the first six games is going to hurt them as well. So I'll just keep it chalky. I'll follow the Bucks. I think they just got enough depth. And Tom Brady got better as the season wore on. So I think they're going to roll over being a strong team again this year. I can't argue with either of those. Probably would have done it the exact same way that you fellas did. Uh, that was the Super Bowl matchup last season. I'm going to go with the team that made the AFC Championship last season. I'll go with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, ninth easiest schedule in the NFL. They won 13 games last year, but they only played in six that were decided by one score or less. Uh, this is a team that prioritized getting out early in games. Uh, they had 13 halftime leads last season. Uh, that's the roadmark, you know, the path to victory in the NFL is getting out early, prioritizing things that are efficient. I love the fact that they're going to be doing smart things offensively. I think that their run game can't be any worse last year uh, than it was last year. And I think that their defense will probably be a touch better as well. I don't expect necessarily the same efficiency delivered by their offense. It's going to be hard to reach that same ceiling again, but I think they're going to rack and stack some wins this year. So that is my first pick to end the first round. And then I guess I get to go again, right, gents, to wrap around the end. Bring it back. I'm going to go with a team that I guess I was on the fence with, and the the next team I'm going to go with probably is going to slip past me in my next pick. So, But I'm I'm still going to go with these guys, and that's the Green Bay Packers. And I mainly am going with the Packers primarily because of one thing and one thing only, and that is that I think the NFC North is going to stink. And so I think they're going to have some upside just having a very high floor in that division. I don't expect 13 wins necessarily from this team again this year. Uh, However, I do think that they are going to be in a solid place this season. I like the fact that they start the year playing the Saints on the road. I know the Saints apparently tried to pick Jacksonville because Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a great record in Florida. But looking back at the last four times that he's played there, I think since 2010, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he's three and one in the state of Florida. So, you know, historically he's, he's below, uh, below 500, but a lot of those wins were much earlier in his, or losses were much earlier in his career. I just see what, uh, this team has been like the last couple of years, and I'm going to go ahead and ride with him. I'm not super confident in this one, but I think it has a high floor. Yeah, I mean, 13 and three in the past two years. Can't go, can't go wrong, <laughs> especially with that division. Uh, I think I got the Packers in like the ninth or 10th round last year. No, no, maybe not that. It was like, a, it was pretty late, but yeah, you can't go wrong there. Uh, we'll keep it more because the tops are all good teams and you guys are going to know the good teams. It gets fun in the middle rounds. I'm just going to go with the Ravens. You know, you look at the the history of the Ravens, they just never field bad teams. Uh, Lamar Jackson is 30 and seven as a starter in Baltimore. Uh, they've got a really great schedule this year. They've been a little snake bit this preseason on the injury front. So hopefully that, that, is removed from the equation as the season gets rolling here because, you know, their wide receiver core has been banged up all preseason. They lose J.K. Dobbins. But this is a, an offense, I believe, even with the loss of J.K. Dobbins, can plug Gus Edwards in and even Tyson Williams or another player they pick up and the run game is still going to be elite, uh, arguably the best in the NFL. So I just feel like we're not going to go wrong. The Ravens aren't going to lose this many games. Uh, so we'll just take them and keep it pretty chalky. Yeah, you're not, you're not worried about the, the NFL 
figuring out Lamar Jackson, which you know they've <laughs> done really well of the past. I mean, the NBA never feel, figured out Shaquille O'Neal. Like you know, it's okay. That's kind of how I equate it to. Like right, it's like it's not like Lamar's going to start shooting. Analogy. It's not like Lamar's going to start shooting three pointers. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, just to go up. Like next gen stats just put out you know a, a new stat they'll have for this year, and it's quarterback uh, rushing yards over expectation. They already mm. had that for running backs, and. I so when you combine them uh, over the past two years, Lamar Jackson has uh, 1,307 uh, rushing yards over expectation, um, which is uh, more than second place Derrick Henry, who had 971. So uh, when you look at, I know I like I shared a gift on on Twitter the day that you know the the figuring out thing happened, and it was I think a play from like a Cincinnati game or something, which doesn't help, but like there was the safety, and like he knew what Lamar Jackson was going to do. He had the hole, he had the exact run gap, he he fit it the way he was supposed to, and Lamar just ran past them. Like that's just what he does. So even if he can't throw as well with some of the receivers, that you know, we'll we'll see how that plays out, especially early in the season. He's got all of that rushing. Like it's just you can know what Lamar Jackson is going to do and not be able to stop it. Like those are, those are two mutually exclusive things. Like just because you know what he's doing does not mean you'll be able to have him uh, not do what he's done for the past couple of years. Um, the other so, thing I want to interject here is, is the fact that this is a guy who's look at his wide receivers that he's had to work with. I mean, look at the talent at some of those skill positions that he's had. I was so optimistic this season. And now unfortunately it looks like all these dudes are ending up on, the injury report uh, already early this season. So I'm optimistic that they'll get back on track from a health perspective um, as well. But it can't be much worse than what he's had to work with over the prior few years. So suggesting, I mean, and he's been setting records even despite that. So I, I, I firmly agree with hating that terrible take about the league figuring him out completely. Uh, so I hate this spot already. Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, yeah, it's the thing is you get the first pick, so you get the Chiefs, but now you had, you know, four teams are gone already now when you pick again. Yeah, it's, uh, it's <laughs> not fun. So I think I'm going to, I think I'm Cowboys already going to. still there, Dan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could. Um, I think I'm going to let one of you guys uh, do that by the time I come back. So I, I think I'm going to just super hedge here. I'm going to take the Seahawks and the 49ers. One of them is going to be really good. And uh, with my luck, uh, the Rams are going to be the best team in the division. <laughs> but I just think this is going to be, I think, probably the most interesting division uh, to watch uh, this year because we have the potential for three and a half good teams, uh, maybe, depending on, you know, we'll get to Arizona eventually in this draft here. But I think when you look at what San Francisco has, you know, so much of the the structure there is good. They were bad last year. So many injuries, you know, had to deal with a lot of bad quarterback play. And we're almost guaranteed to not have bad quarterback play, right? Because if Jimmy Garoppolo starts the season and he's playing well, then there's going to be some good quarterback play. If he's if Trey Lance is ready to overtake Jimmy Garoppolo, we're going to have some decent quarterback play from Trey Lance. So we're almost, I don't want to say guaranteed to have good quarterback play in San Francisco, but we're going to have at least passable quarterback play um, on top of much better than what they had last year, uh, especially and when you look at the injuries. And what they had, and you know, there were rarely a game when when all of their skill players were 
were really playing together. Um, and so I think you see that. I think we're going to see some really cool things on the defense. A little worried about the secondary a little bit. Definitely not what they've had uh, over the past the couple years. But I think D'Amico Rise is going to be doing uh, some cool things. I think some, there's going to be some more exotic looks on on some third downs that are going to create some pressure. I think we talked about that in some you know past podcasts also. So uh, San Francisco and then Seattle. I'm just I'm going to bet on Russell Wilson for as much as you know this the defensive personnel uh, might be a, a little scary and leave some stuff to be desired. I still think this offense is going to be really good. I, I really like what Shane Waldron probably going to be able to bring to this offense uh, with that skill position. They're going to have some answers in that intermediate, you know, middle area of the field that they just haven't in the past. And I think they're going to work to get some more creation in that area. Uh, DK Metcalf is still DK Metcalf. So uh, that's great. I uh, could just have some big fast dude run straight down the field. And like that works <laughs> when break glass and case of emergency like that's probably one of the best uh, things you could do especially with a quarterback like Russell Wilson so there's a lot of things to like uh one of these teams at least is going to be really good so uh just super hedge here uh early yeah, I, I love was, the 49ers pick I'll just jump in and say with Jimmy G Kyle is 24 and 9 that's a 73 win uh, percent win rate that's the equivalent in a 17 game season of 12.4 wins. So, you know, I think I love the quarterback redundancy that they have there as well. I'm big on the 49ers too. So I can't argue with either of your picks there, Dan. Um, I, I like the strategy. Yeah, I was hoping the 49ers to make it back. Uh, so that was who I was wanting to. <laughs> so that's nice. So now we're getting a, almost a, close to a tear break. Uh, I'm on the fence here between these two teams, but I'll go with the Browns. I just think when you look at the Browns and you saw this play out in our unit rankings, we did all the unit rankings for the book this year, just how much, how high the Browns came out in every area. Like they don't really have a lot of weaknesses where last year they were a team that were forced to play a lot of, you know, Dan, you've talked to us a lot, a ton of dime coverage. You know, they basically had one pass rusher uh, this season. You know, the, they, they add Jadavian Clowney, they add John Johnson, uh, you know, they add uh, Ty Hill. Uh, all, the, all the improvement they've made defensively is going to allow them to actually play actual defensive schemes this year instead of just kind of just hope that they, that the bandaid holds. Uh, and then they've got the best offensive line in football. I actually believe too, that even the Browns, the way they're structured, even if case Keenum had to play, like they'd still be a productive team. Um, so, I mean, I think the Browns are one of those teams that I don't love the division they play in, in terms of how competitive it is, but we're in that area now where there are, uh, we're not in these clear cut uh, teams where we're what there were eight teams in. So, I mean, we're going to have to start taking some teams. They're going to lose a couple games. The Browns did play over their head a little bit last year. I just think they're going to be so improved uh, all across the board, especially defensively uh, that I count them to roll over that momentum. They took in the back half last season in, to this season, even if they don't win week one against the Chiefs. Yeah, I think a team with the Browns, you get a really high floor. And I think that's in part delivered by Kevin Stefanski and just what he has, uh, what he's brought to the table and how well that meshes with Baker. So I can't argue with that pick either. I'm going to go um, a little bit further down the list for my next pick. Um, I like the Miami Dolphins this year. I want to be a fan of the Miami Dolphins this year. And that is because just a quick rant on Tua uh, there's a lot of people out there that are laughing about Tua from what he did last season. And I just want to add a touch of context uh, to that and liken it a little bit to what Lamar Jackson uh, dealt with in his first season in the NFL. For Tua, just like Lamar, did not get first string reps at camp 
his rookie season. Those were going to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Tua was coming in off a catastrophic hip injury, something that uh, Lamar did not have to deal with. Tua was coming in in the midst of a pandemic, something that Lamar was not doing. So he was learning the offense over Zoom. And this was an offense that was created and crafted totally for a different quarterback, just like what Lamar was dealing with, because that offense was originally designed for Joe Flacco. It was this offense in Miami last year was designed by Chan Gailey, who was in retirement for several years, playing with his grandkids, comes out of retirement because the Dolphins lure him out. Uh, They say design an offense for your old buddy, Ryan Fitzpatrick. They work together with the Jets. They design an offense. And then it comes time to install Tua And unlike Lamar Jackson, where they completely overhauled that offense and went to something that would just perfectly mesh with what Lamar was doing, the Dolphins didn't. They kept doing everything that was designed for Ryan Fitzpatrick, not playing to any of Tua's strengths, not looking at the metrics or the film to make adjustments on the fly during the course of the season to prioritize the things that Tua was doing well and limit the things that he was struggling with. It was really just the Ryan Fitzpatrick offense the rest of the way. But similarly to Lamar in the offseason, we saw a lot of people disliking Lamar Jackson uh, after the, uh, the Chargers game where they got destroyed. And here we have a lot of people disliking Tua just because they saw his final season stats. I think Tua is going to come out. The team prioritized uh, building a more intelligent offense that's designed around him. He got all the first team reps, obviously, at camp. He's finally healthy now, not rehabbing anything. And this is a quarterback-driven league. I think Tua is going to look a lot better than he did last season. I think some of the defensive metrics are going to regress a little bit, but this is still a team that plays a top 10 easiest schedule from a regular season wins perspective. This is a team that went out and acquired receivers that are capable of getting separation. I want to be betting on the Miami Dolphins this season. I think Tua is better than people think. Um, I think Miami makes the playoffs this season. And I'm going to go ahead and take them at the end of this round. And then I'm going to follow it up with a team that I don't necessarily like as much as I like the Dolphins, but I think they have a really high floor and they're super heralded around the league. And that's the Rams. Um, I I question what their ceiling is. I, I know they got Matthew Stafford. I know they're thinking Super Bowl. They think that they're like, that's the missing link. That's all they needed to get to the Super Bowl. But this team has lost enough pieces along the way on the defensive side of the football. I don't think they have great depth um, that I do have significant concerns about them in general. But I just think in terms of stacking some double digit wins, I think this is a team that's going to get me close to 10 wins and I'm comfortable taking them at this spot. So it's the Rams are my next pick. Yeah, can't go why wrong just, there. <laughs> Warren just jumping on the podcast and taking my stick here for both of his teams. Uh, yep, what, yep. I mean, you could have taken him. This is, I, yeah, I could have. I, <laughs> I mean, larceny. I, I, I said, I mean, with with me taking the, the 49ers and the Seahawks, I now uh, fully expect the Rams to be the best team in the division. But, you know, when we, when we talk about what their ceiling is, it can be really good. Like yep. last year, they were, you know, one of the better defenses in the league. That offense uh, was terrible. Like they, Jared Goff has been in like a training wheels offense um, for the past, you know, in a couple of years. And they were able to have success with that. And last year, like the training wheel had a flat tire uh, and they were still able to kind of, you know, move down uh, the road a little bit if we're keeping this uh, very uh, strained analogy going. 
so much of like what they had to do, they had to bring that back like even more. There were extra training wheels, and like I'm I'm really pushing here for uh with, with this metaphor. Um, so but they just they couldn't throw the ball down the field, and I think that's what Matthew Stafford's going to do. So there's going to be so many more explosive plays in this offense, even if there's uh some more negative plays. And it's not like Jared Goff was eliminating the negative plays when he wasn't bringing a lot of positive to the offense in 2020. We talked about it our actually our last show of how he's likely to think he's likely to lead the league in the interceptions. That was one of the prop bets I did when you look like he had 13 last year. He was in the top five last year in like the safest offense he could potentially be in one that was created for him to not have those type of plays. So I think just when you see what, you know, the, the baseline of Matthew Stafford of what he can bring to that offense. So have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, who are going to be able to, you know, create uh, a lot intermediate and, and after the catch. And now you have that downfield uh, ability with Stafford. I think the ceiling is a lot higher. And I think there are some other things that can regress and just the, the upside there in that offense. They don't have to have such a training wheels uh, type of you know scheme. Uh, I think that's going to counteract it a little bit. So e- even if they are not as good on defense, I think the offense just has like so much more ability to potentially score. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they had some they had a lot more speed too. I mean, this is a team that's lacked, you know, explosive plays the last two years. They're dead last at the NFL and touchdowns from outside of the red zone over the past two years. So you had Deshaun Jackson for the time he's going to play. Hopefully they just make him a, a part-time player, right? That's the kind of the role he's going to be in now. And they add Tutu Atwell, who's not much of a downfield speed guy, but, you know, horizontal guy. They're going to be running a lot, a lot of jet sweeps. You know, we love, we know the Rams love that pre-snap motion and he's going to be a, that guy kind of come with Robert Woods getting a lot of carries from the wider receiver position as well. So I think that their offensive additions are great. You know, the, the question you have with the Rams is like when you get into the depth, like they have an injury, like, does it catch up to them? But that's kind of everyone we're at right now uh, with all these picks. So I'll keep it going. Now we're in the, I think that that's, I think that those teams, those 10 teams are clearly the, the best 10 teams, right? Like, I think that we would all agree. Maybe someone has one team in there, but I think that we've got the 10 teams, maybe the order is a little different, but those are the 10 teams I think people would have as the top 10 teams in the NFL. Uh, so we're going to get into some of these teams. That'll be a little more fun. I'm going to go with the Patriots just because I know Dan is going to take them with one of these picks. Uh, so I'm going to get that. <laughs> I'm going to get ahead of them. I mean, he was the first rookie quarterback I think we've got too. So there's a little diciness there, you know, going like with the, you know, but I think when you look at the Patriots, there's a couple of things that seem to be one, is, is obviously the coaching staff, ton of faith in the coaching staff. Uh, even last year, they took the pieces that they had and built a competitive football team. They had the most opt-outs uh, on the defensive side of the football. They had Cam Newton brought in and they had tailored their offense to kind of what they tried to make Cam Newton work. You know, they, they tailored their offense to what they had. They had no wide receivers. Um, their wide receivers are still question mark this season, but they got and they had Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. One thing I like about the Patriots as well, because we know they're going to utilize their personnel. They call games to the strengths of their players. They always have is that the NFL's really moved to a sub package defense, right? Like that's the base defense, a sub package. Patriots are saying, you're not going to play sub package against us. You know, you're, we're going to come out and we're going to have two tight ends in the field and you're going to have to defend the pass and the run simultaneously. They've got a great offensive line to take advantage of that. If you, if you come in light and they've got, uh, you know, 
talented tight ends to take advantage of the passing game as well. You know, Jacoby Myers takes a step forward. Nelson Aguilar is one of the best deep ball receivers last year. And Mac Jones, one of the best deep ball throwers coming out of the prospect. Uh, and then the front seven on this defense is just gnarly. Uh, I know that yeah. Stefan Gilmore is going to miss the first six weeks, but they'll get him back. But the front seven, I think, can make up a lot of ground. Matthew Judon looks so clean in that number nine. Uh, one of my favorite number changes. Uh, but man, they've got edge rushers uh, galore. They can throw they can throw guys and they're going to be stout against the run as well. So I, I'm going to go with the Patriots. I feel like there's just a high floor there. They're a team too. I don't think their ceiling is, is immensely high, but uh, I feel really good about them getting me probably eight to 10 wins. I like that pick, Rich. I like that pick. Yeah, I'm in it. And I kind of talked about this on the, the Twitter spaces that, that we did the other night. I mean, my the thing that gives me the most confidence that Mac Jones can be good out of the gate is that they think Mac Jones can be good out of the gate. I kind of, I trust this coaching staff in, into thinking that, you know, when you look at what they were doing, we talked about this a little bit, you know, so much more empty uh, was happening. That kind of helps Mac Jones be able to, you know, survey the field, get the ball out quickly. Uh, there weren't as many explosive plays in the offense as maybe you would like, but there were some nice deep throws, it, you know, like you said, that, that word dropped that probably could have been connected. Uh, I think that what you kind of are, are wondering is how he's going to handle some of these like pressure looks on, on third down, which you really didn't get a lot of in the preseason, but a guy, he's going to be getting those looks uh, in in practice uh, because uh, the Patriots are going to be running that type of look on on third down. So, yeah, I, I think there's so much. I think there's a, a lot of upside for for the defense, like like Rich said. So, yeah, they probably uh, would have been my pick here. And the one thing is- that I'll add, the one thing I want to just jump in real quick in on the format, the personnel groupings that Rich was alluding to. This was a team, even with Tom Brady, that used a ton of 21 personnel back in the day with a fullback. And really, I completely buy into the notion of doing something different and doing it well. You know, Baltimore obviously does that. Unless you have a quarterback like an Aaron Rodgers or like uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, you want to try to do something different and and excel at that. We know Cleveland uses a lot of heavy. We know the Buffalo uses a lot of 10. Baltimore's totally different. So a lot of the teams that have like shifted up our rankings that we were drafting early uh, have sort of different types of personnel that they're going to specialize in and make defenses adapt uh, to something different. And I think the Patriots are going to get back to that this year in a big way. I completely agree. So I guess you guys are going to make me take the Cowboys here. Just, I'm not I mean, making, we, we won't make you do anything. You, you, you have free reign. You do what I mean, you I, want. I can't pick another team over the Cowboys because I think when you look at what a, a ceiling is, I get, and that's what we're looking for now. I mean, I, I got dragged into this last year, but I mean, this offense can, should be really good. Um, I, I don't really like having to, uh, put my faith in a Mike McCarthy led team. Um, I think uh, a lot of the things we might have talked ourselves into uh, about him last year didn't happen. I thought they would be a little more creative on offense, and uh, they just weren't. It kind of seems like the McCarthy part of the offense took over a little more of the Kellen Moore part of the offense, which uh, I think we were hoping there would be a little more of more in there. Uh, but now, when you look at this this three wide, I and mean, Amari Cooper, Ceedee Lamb, and, and Michael Gallup, like if as long as Dak is healthy, and obviously that's you know, we have no idea now. It's, the shoulder, he's been throwing a little more. Um, but this offense has the potential to be one of the better units in the league. The defense is still kind of up in the air. Don't really know what that's going to be. They might have like five linebackers on the field, and that's going to be like their base personnel. I have no idea uh, what they're doing there. Like that's where all the talent is uh, on that defense. So 
yeah, I guess. All right. I'm just, I'm going to go with the upside. Hope for, uh, hope for a really good offense. Hope for like 40 to 35 wins uh on like a weekly basis uh so i guess i will go with uh the cowboys there and for my next pick i i don't like this at all we are going i don't want to say i don't like any of these teams but i don't (laughs) like any of these teams i'll go with the steelers i don't feel great about it as you could tell in the inflection of how i said steelers (laughs) um but i think the defense is still going to be pretty good, probably not as good as it was in the past couple of years, especially last year when, the, you know, so reliant on, on turnovers, but I think they still have some pretty good pieces. And I don't think the offense is going to be terrible. I don't think it's going to be good, but I think they can figure out enough of what Roethlisberger likes to do with what the strength of a lot of the skill position players, which we do like, um, you know, the, if you're, have a hesitation. It's how much they're probably going to run the ball behind that offensive line. It doesn't really matter how good Najee Harris is going to be. Um, and I think when you look at some of the you know early season quotes from Matt Canada, you know there were some things we liked in the preseason, but he also said you know we're going to do what Ben likes to do, uh, and that he also had uh, some orders from the owner to run the ball more. So it was kind of like Matt Canada being like, "Hey, I know what I want to do. If this doesn't work, it's not completely on me." So uh, an offensive coordinator doing that like early in training camp uh, gave me hesitation a little bit for what you know we think we could pet- potentially see with some more motion some more play action. If they're just okay, I think the defense is going to be good enough. There's enough talent there. I, you know, Mike Tomlin is a really good head coach for uh, as much as he's kept Pittsburgh together uh, for all these years. He's never had a bad season. So uh, I'll just, I'll go there. Yeah. I mean, eight or more wins every year. You get a great floor from the Steelers. I'm actually the one person resident sharp football analysis person that is like really encouraged by the Steelers. I thought their preseason showed a lot of promise. I mean, they use pre-snap motion 60% of the time. They use play action 23% of the time. Ben, and it was a small sample. He only played a half, but he was under center 38% of the time. He was in in the shotgun 79% of the time last year. So I thought they actually showed a few wrinkles and they're not going to run the ball efficiently as much as they want to run it. But you, if you have play action and you have this much pre-snap motion, if it rolls over, that's a little lipstick on the pig that makes the offensive line a little better. It, you know, might, is it going to be great? But no, it, it does put a little wrinkle in. They have great playmakers. Like, you know, their receiving core is one of the league's best. Uh, so, I mean, I think you're going to me, Rich, about <laughs> Talk to me, Rich, about uh, Pat Fryermuth. And I agree. I think what Matt Canada is going to bring to this offense is going to be a lot more interesting and spicy than the staleness that we saw last season and the season before that from Randy Fickner. Um, so I'm hoping Matt Canada's influenced, but you know, Fryermuth, Ben has always said he likes to throw to big guys inside of the red zone. Like that was mm-hmm. something that he's loved for years, but um, from a fantasy perspective, what, what do you see out of him this season? Yeah, he, we're still probably a year away because Ebron's contract uh, ends next year, but we already saw that they're the other thing. They're probably going to run more 12 than they ran last year too. And we saw that, especially in the money zone where we saw Fryer with kind of make his impact with the first string offense. Remember Ebron in that preseason game in Lions was playing deep with the twos. Fryer with scored his two touchdowns. They got him out of there. So, I mean, he could definitely be a package player, right? Like they, mm-hmm. that's when they run 12 and they get in the goal line, they have stuff for him there. And that's I think where he makes the country. He's a great blocker too, coming out of Penn state. So he's got that, that, dual purpose you know it's it typically takes a slow burn for tight ends but i think they're going to have 
set packages for him to make an impact. Uh, I, I'm kind of intrigued by the Steelers uh, to a degree because I think that they still have a lot of talented players and Mike Tomlin just isn't, they won eight games with Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Like you're getting a good floor. So it's, it's back to me. And now we're, Dan kind of took a, took, took one that I was kind of looking to get. Oh man, I, I kind of don't like any of these either, but I'm actually, and I'm not going to do it. I was thinking about going to the AFC team. I'm going to go with uh, the football team, Washington football team. Uh, we'll get another NFC East team in here. Uh, you know, switching over to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, this team was just awful throwing the football. Anytime you have to throw 110 targets to JD McKissick because you've got Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, and Kyle Allen starting games for you, they weren't able to push the football downfield. You add Curtis Samuel, a guy who can stretch the field vertically. We would like to see a marriage of how Scott Turner used Curtis Samuel in 2019 and how he was utilized by Joe Brady in 2020. Uh, but they had Diami Brown. Uh, they've got Antonio Gibson in year two after he proved he could you know, kind of be a actual running back, which was kind of a question of him coming out of Memphis because he never really played the position fully. Uh, they've got a lot of offensive pieces. I like the offensive line is good. They're one of the best run blocking offensive lines in the NFL last season. And then defensively, they're just so strong. I mean, I'm going to bet on a good pass rush and then they add William Jackson on the back end. Uh, I like Washington to win that division outright. Uh, I wish the schedule was a little better, but you, we can't have our cake and eat it too at this point of the draft. So I'm going to go with Washington and take a, a step forward this year. I like that pick, Rich. Um, it wasn't the direction I was going to go, so I'm glad about that as well. Did, <laughs> did, let me ask you this. Did Dan outright thieve away the Steelers from you? Was that Yeah, I was definitely pick? taking the Steelers. Okay. So I thought Dan's I was the only in. one that, that, that works under this umbrella that likes the Steelers. So. No, actually, actually, I had marked them as, as if they got back to me, one of these next two picks, I was probably going to land on the Steelers too. It's just just because of the high floor. Again, I do think they're not going to be the ceiling that they were last season, but I, I think the high floor is pretty dependable. Yeah. I'm going to go down the list a little bit here too. And, and I'm wearing like a Popeye jersey, clenching his, uh, his bicep there, eating the spinach. I'm going to hope Teddy Bridgewater does the same here this season. I'm going with the Denver Broncos. I think one of the reasons is I love their schedule. I think it's a pretty easy schedule, a pretty manageable schedule. Number two, this team is just due for regression. Uh, they had the most turnovers of any team in the NFL last year. And a lot of the metrics from a health perspective to a field goal luck perspective are going to regress and go their way, I think, this season. Teddy Bridgewater last year faced the number one most difficult schedule of pass defenses when he played for the Carolina Panthers. Now he's going to play the number one easiest projected schedule of pass defenses out in Denver. I think that the run game is going to be fine. I'm really interested to see how Javante Williams works in there as the team held him out of the last preseason game. Kind of what do they have in store for him? Um, but I think they have enough depth that they won't be terrible. I just hope that they don't run the ball too much because that's the biggest concern that I have here for the Denver Broncos is their offense corner. I think Pat Shermer kind of sucks. I don't think he utilizes intelligent play calling strategies. And that's my big concern for this team. But I think that their defense is, is, is loaded. They got some depth. Uh, Dan's more the guy who could speak to that if he wants to. But I love uh, the Denver Broncos upside this year. And I think that they have a high floor. Now, they obviously play in the AFC West. So they're going to be battling some other teams that are very difficult out there. But I do like them this season. The next team, this one is more difficult for me because there's a few and I know that they're not going to get back to me. I'm going to go with a team that I think for a variety of reasons has a, pl a pretty high floor. The ceiling is, is high because of their quarterback. 
but I think they have a pretty high floor. And there's probably two teams that fall into this, the Saints or the Chargers. I'm going to go with the Chargers, and that's another team in the AFC West. Uh, But I just am infatuated with Justin Herbert. I think he's going to be a team that, you know, they won seven games last year. They have a nine and a half win total this year. I think it is a team that should be able to get more out of this close game record that they always find themselves in. They had 12 games last season out of 16 that were decided by one score or less. I think a few tweaks on the defensive side of the football, a few improvements on the offensive side of the football, some better field goal luck, some better decision-making late in the games, hopefully by Brandon Staley than we saw from Anthony Lynn, could be the difference and elevate a seven-win team to maybe a fringe double-digit win team. And that's what I'm looking for at this point with that pick. I still think we got a couple on the board that are that are good, gents, but I'm going to go with the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, Anthony, losing Anthony Lynn has to be worth at least the one and a half wins. <laughs> it has to. Has to. <laughs> uh, I'm going to follow up with another just simple floor pick. Uh, I'll just go with the Vikings. I mean, they've won seven, at least seven games every year that Mike Zimmer's been there. Uh, you know, you look at just defensively what happened to them last year. They were they had the third worst injury luck uh, of any defense in the NFL last year. Michael Pearson, Daniel Hunter didn't play a single snap. They add Dalvin Tomlinson. They add Sheldon Richardson. Uh, they've still got Eric Kendricks. They've got Anthony Barr. They've got Harrison Smith. Uh, you add Patrick Peterson, Brashawn Breland. Um, I, I just, I'm just going to go with the floor. I don't think that there's really much ceiling with the Vikings, but they also get four games against the Bears and the Lions. Uh, so I'm going to hope that those are some wins. I mean, the Bears, the, we didn't get to it on the podcast, but maybe maybe I'll save it for when we get to the Bears when someone has to pick them. But uh, I'm just going to go with the Vikings. It's a complete floor play. Yeah, I think that, I, I mean, I've been staring at them for like two rounds and I just like don't want to do it. And that I think that's probably where we're where we're coming with with a lot of these teams, especially if we're just like um, emotionally thinking about how we have to uh, be attached to some of these teams, hoping for wins. And um, you know, when uh, is Case Cook is still on the roster, but when he's like starting in <laughs> in week eight because uh, of uh, of some things that have happened in that quarterback room, I, I can't do it. Uh, which uh, actually, it, which doesn't make sense for what I'm about to do. But I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints. Sure, just. It, Jameis throwing bombs to Marquez Callaway. Sure, that's how we all saw the the Saints 2021 uh, season going. You know, Marquez Callaway is a guy that is is one of these guys that I think you need to. When we're looking at these some of these wide receiver prospects, we need to look at the situation that they were in and not necessarily thinking that college coaches are uh, rationally putting these guys into positions where they're they're going to win the most. And uh, Callaway is a guy who had like a, a 13% target share at Tennessee. He's clearly much better than that. I think when you look at what he added to the offense, you know, much better than that on, on a per play basis. So I think we we should look a little deeper into some of that stuff because he he had some decent numbers coming out if, if you, you know, go on per play rather than, you know, how often he was targeted or his, per, you know, percentage of, you know, team receiving yards, which, which are a lot of people like to look at for uh, some of these receiver prospects. So I, I think he is going to be quite good. And I think we've, we've kind of seen that taken over as, you know, that kind of number one by default, but I think he has the ability to do that. It's something, um, you know, new Orleans was kind of looking for, for like a breakout from Traquan Smith that we're entering like year nine of it. It feels like it's just not going to happen. You still have Alvin Kamara who can be a, a de facto and number one, you know, when you look at you know, running backs who are getting passes, it, it's not, you know, the, the swing passes behind the line of scrimmage, they target Alvin Kamara down the field. He has more 
passes beyond the line of scrimmage than any other running back. So I think that still keeps them efficient in the passing game. Obviously, you're still going to have some, you know, Taysom Hill shenanigans, which I think work. If you want Taysom Hill, you would rather have him do the the shenanigans every you know couple of plays. Uh, rather than be your your full-time starter. Uh, there's, I think, enough talent still here on the defense, even though that's going to be much worse than last year. Uh, but I think when we're, when we're looking at what we're you know doing here, I think New, New Orleans uh, is going to be yeah, I think the the I think the, like you said the the floor is still high, and I think there there's upside there where this could be a better team if the defense is still fine and there's some upside in, in this offense. They could uh, potentially second in the division is that that's up for grabs. Like this NFC South is not going to be great, and I don't like any other team. I have to pick here uh, on the turn. Take the Giants. No, I'm I'm not going to do it. I'm just. <laughs> Uh, while you're thinking, I will. While you're not. thinking, I will say that uh, S- Saints definitely were in contention for me last pick. I don't love the Saints this season, um, but there is absolutely a world where they can get upside out of Jameis with Sean Payton and do some things they couldn't do last year quite as well. And I could see a path to them being good and making noise in the NFC South and 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 potentially the postseason if Jameis plays much better with the LASIK surgery and. John Payton uses him, maximize him, and the defense stays healthy and the O-line stays healthy. And, and in that case, I think Sean Payton coach of the year could be in contention here, even though it doesn't necessarily fit the formula because they won 12 wins, 12 games last year. But I think after a Drew Brees retirement, if this team makes a, a postseason appearance, um, I think that they should be in contention for Sean Payton. Uh, but what do you got on the turn there, Dan? I guess the Titans... I, again, I don't feel uh, great about it, but if we're going to rely on uh, AJ Brown and Julio Jones I, at this point, like you, I don't think you're getting a better combination than that to rely on. Uh, hopefully, they still use uh, a whole healthy dose of, of play action because that's kind of what Ryan Tannehill still needs. Um, he's been really good there the past couple years. I think the the one thing that'll you know make you feel a little better about the regression that is definitely coming, you know, especially inside the red zone. This is one of the most productive red zone offenses we've seen over the past two years, but Todd Downing was involved in, in some of those, you know, red zone play calls and, and red zone play design. So, you know, even though they're, they shouldn't be as good as, as they were. And again, in the AFC South, you're not going against the, uh, the NFC West gauntlet here of teams you have to compete against for wins. So the defense, uh, this is another team that might have to score 40 points to overcome uh, their defense. I think when you look at there, there's some interesting players. You just so many questions. Uh, is Janoris Jenkins uh, going to be able to, you know, hold up as a number one corner at as his age uh, is Caleb. Can Caleb Farley be healthy, but Dupree, is he going to be healthy? I think there's, there's a lot of what ifs that, that this defense needs uh, in order to uh, break. Right. And this was already, you know, one of the worst defenses in the league uh, last year. So when you look at, I think they were, yeah, 30th in in yards per drive, 27th in points per drive. Uh, so that is not what you want. I'm not sure if there were a lot of uh, improvements there. They're trying, but I'm not sure how much they're going to hold up. But I think if we're looking for uh, a, a floor play for, for wins here, I think uh, betting on something in the AFC South, I, I guess, to come up on top is going to work. I mean, you got a, a favor, a favored division winner with your seventh pick. Uh, you know, as, as as gross as you don't feel good about it, uh, that's that's pretty solid. <laughs> All right, yeah, the 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 Titans were kind of the team I was looking at. Well, I was basically just gonna let you choose for me because it was two teams kind of in the middle there. Uh, so I guess I'll take the Cardinals. 
it was kind of probably the other team you're probably considering. Man, I really got to question what Steve Kime has done this offseason, though. We've kind of talked about it on a few shows, just how they've signed so many guys past the threshold in their career to kind of be band-aids. And we've already seen it kind of leak because, you know, I've got Darquise Denard on IR. Malcolm Butler now is going to retire or has been placed in the retirement list for personal reasons. I mean, they're counting on a lot of old guys to patch holes, which is a worry for me. Also, Cliff is one of these guys that I think is kind of fake sharp. Uh, I would love to see Cliff actually make a actual progress in terms of being aggressive in terms of going for it, but also throwing the ball early, on early downs. I mean, Kyler Murray is one of the best quarterbacks when he's had, when they've thrown on, on first down, uh, he was seventh in the NFL in completion rate on first down throws. He was 14th in yards per attempt, uh, but was just completely placed in bad spots. He was 31st in pass attempts on first down uh, in rate of uh, pass attempts on first down. And he was just awful when he was placed in spots where they had to win in the passing game and long down the distance. So he's going to have to improve there and Cliff's going to have to put him in better spots to win there. I'm terrified of his defense, uh, the secondary particularly. Uh, but I think at this point of the draft, uh, I've got some flyers I want to make, but I do think that the Cardinals are just a better team than some of the flyers. So I'll hold my nose and take them. They were on my short list as well, Rich. Hold your nose pick. I'm going to go <laughs> with the Carolina Panthers in the NFC South. Dan's team, their schedule is going to be tough this year, but there's the upside play if Sam Darnold is competent getting away from Adam Gase. Uh, this was a team that was three and eight in one score games last year, winning five total games uh, on the season. I think that they can hopefully turn some of that around. And, and I like the Panthers here for this spot. And then I'm reluctantly, because I think this team is going to start off exact, uh, like really bad based upon the schedule. But I think I'm going to reluctantly just go with, I want exposure to the AFC South. And Carson Wentz just got activated today, this morning off of the COVID list. I hate the fact that, you know, I guess he's unvaccinated, so he could go back on there at some point. But I'm going to go ahead and roll with the Indianapolis Colts. I think any team that gets to play the Texans and the Jaguars. I mean, I I, I like the Jaguars <laughs> this year, but, you know, there's still some question marks, still a learning process. And this, the, this is a Colts team that very well could start off one and four or zero oh and five. There's no doubt about that. But I think that they can string some wins together down the road. And when you're picking this late, I think I'm going to go on the upside play with a coach that I have a lot of confidence in and a roster apart from the quarterback position that I also think is reasonably built by Chris Ballard, although there's some question marks on the O-line. But once they get Eric Fisher back, hopefully um, this is a team that's going to have a respectable enough offensive line. So those are my two picks. What do you got, Rich? Uh, I'm going to go wild card here. Complete wild card pick a team no one believes in. Some people even project them to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh. Uh, I mean, I look, I look at the Eagles. They have one of the best schedules. They have our third most favorable schedule uh, at Sharp Football Analysis. Uh, and then when you look at this team, I like the changes that they made. Well, one, you have the Jalen Hurts wild card, right? No one wanted to believe in Lamar Jackson, like Warren said in year two. No one wanted to believe in Josh Allen last year. Jalen Hurts, same corollary of quarterback, you know, guy that was an inefficient passer in his early career, uh, but, you know, still has upside. I mean, this guy played at, at Alabama and Oklahoma. Like, there's still pedigree there. There's talent there. They add Devontae Smith, who I believe is one of the best, you know, wide receivers in this draft class. Uh, they've got Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, uh, whatever they get from Jalen Rager. They had one of the they had the most injured offensive line last year. They played 14 different offensive line combinations last year, most in the NFL. And then also the weakness of this team is the secondary, right? But 
under Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon, this team's going to play way more zone than they played last year. They, they were the fifth yeah. highest man coverage team last year, and they had one good man coverage player, Darius Slay, and they still kept just playing man coverage. They're going to shift and be a completely zone-based team, and it's going to, like I said, just like the Steelers off the time, put a little lipstick on the pig uh, of the secondary. So I'm going to go wild card. My wild card pick, my upside shoot for the moon pick is the Eagles. Man, that was going to be my next one. Uh, you you did. Uh, pick I, I know. I know uh, who I'm hosting with. I don't know who, who I'm working with here. <laughs> you do. We uh, we need to not have so many podcasts here where I talk about uh, teams because like this. So let's talk about the defense a little bit because you're right. I don't believe you brought up Quez Watkins uh, at all, Rich. What are you, what are you doing? It's, it's not a Sharp Angles podcast where we're talking about the Eagles if uh, if Quez Watkins is not brought up uh, the wide receiver three now like officially. At worst. Uh, but this defense here, seventh in yards per drive last year, 14th in points per drive, but 25th in, in turnovers. So much of this was because they couldn't create turnovers. But this is uh, still a front four that is going mm-hmm. to be really good with uh, how much they have. You know, like you said, the, the secondary, I, I think they're they're going to be put in a lot more advantageous situations. Um, like you said, not only were they in man coverage, they were like weaving guys out just on islands one-on-one. Like you look at the, you know, the the DK Metcalf game uh with Darius Slay, like he had absolutely no help with anything so i think they're they're going to play a little more too high and it's, it's something you know we've discussed a, a lot i think they're it's going to be a lot more just where they're going to put guys in, in positions uh, to win i think it, it's that's going to help and, and when you look like i, like I said jalen hurts you know, could be good um he wasn't great last year but still like twice as good as what carson wentz was in, in the same situation there's going to be more over the middle of the field. I am uh, making the case for the Eagles because I want to delay uh, having to pick a team here. I'm just going to, I'll go with the Bears because uh, this is going to be a bet on Justin Fields being uh, really good. Uh, and it's starting hopefully by like week three or four. Um, I think if just as long as Justin Fields is able to get on the field, he can make up for some of the deficiencies they're going to have this is, you know a defense again that's going to probably borrow a little bit from the um you know the the Fangio Staley you know too high structure that that really sits in that too high pre-snap but it is going to rotate a little bit you know Sean Desai is a, a former he was under the staff uh, of Fangio when Fangio was in Chicago. So I think there's, there's going to be a, a little bit there to help uh, bring out the, you know, that secondary kind of, you know, give you some the questions too. you know, Jalen Johnson's the cornerback one, but you know, the, if you look past that uh, it is, is not great. Um, but if you look at the offense, I think as long as field is there um, and if they, you know, take some of the, you know, they borrowed some of the, the Shanahan stuff that, at the end of last year, when they realized, you know, Mitch Trubisky just couldn't play quarterback. Uh, so they set the training wheels on. So I think if we have, you know, uh, fields on on some of these boots and and things, I think that's going to, to help him a lot. I think that's going to protect him from an offensive line that's going to be terrible. And that's kind of the talking point of why you don't want to put fields um on the field to to start the season because his offensive line is just going to be bad. But I think if you have some play action, you boot him a little bit, get him out of the pocket. That one place to his strength is going to get him away from that offensive line. I think that's going to help the offense. So uh, this is kind of a, just a bet on Justin Fields. Uh, and as we go now to, oh boy, um, 
I guess I'm go- I'll, I'll go with the, the Falcons. Uh, it's another uh, NFC South team. You know, who knows what the NFC South is going to be. But again, this offense can be really good. Arthur Smith has done a really good job of coordinating uh, offenses. You still have Matt Ryan. You still have Calvin Ridley. You have Kyle Pitts now. I think Mike Davis could be, you know, quite good. There's a lot of good skill position players. Um, and this defense, uh, there's some talent there. Uh, Dean Pease, I think, is just going to go wild because there are are really no good edge rushers. So I think everyone on this defense is going to turn into an edge rusher uh, at some point. So I think it's just going to be some, some crazy blitzing uh, to, to bring some pressure. So that might, you know, force some turnovers that it wouldn't normally. So um, I'm just going to go with uh, an upside of, of a good offense and a complete wild card on defense. Dig it. I dig it. Well, we're in the bad, the dredges of darkness here. Uh, my second to last pick, I guess I'll put Dan, you know, out of your mercy. I'll take the Giants. Uh, and, and it's really just I have no faith in, in Daniel Jones and I have no faith in Jason Garrett. But I do kind of have some little bit of faith in the defense just because they're not going to give up a ton of points. They only give up 30 points or more in two games last year. So at least they'll have a puncher's chance. And uh, since I've taken three NFC East teams, I will assume that I'll not be running back the crown this year. Well, I think, I think the NFC, you know, picking teams in bad divisions is not the worst in the world. You at least have a high floor of nailing some, uh, some wins. I, they were, they were on my list as well. We're obviously not in great spots here. I'm going to go with the Raiders now, as much as I dislike John Gruden, I look at their schedule, especially in the middle of it. Um, I see some winnable games there. I see a team with, uh, uh, one of the better quarterbacks, I guess, at this point in the draft of teams that haven't been taken yet. So um, otherwise, we've got a lot of unproven quarterbacks on the list. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go with the Raiders. And then my final pick of the draft, uh, I'm going to go with, I guess, reluctantly, the golden boy, uh, Trevor Lawrence, pick number one overall of the draft. I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars here and hope for the best for the Jags this season in a crappy division. Yep, that's uh, that's kind of the analysis. Hoping the Jags will save them for my last pick. So we're down to what do we have? Uh, we have the the Lions, Bengals, the, the Lions, the Jets, and the Texans, I believe. All right. Well, I will take the Bengals then. <laughs> uh, you know what? No, here I'll I'll take the Jets. Let's go. Let's get weird. I'll take oh, the Jets. Damn it! I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan. I, I pulled it back. I used my my mulligan. I will take. I'll take the Jets. Uh, I hate this deep the secondary in the back end a lot, and I think it'll be exposed. But you know, kind of one of these teams like you don't know what the upside is. We don't know what Zach Wilson be. So there could be some upside. I think offensively, they're not going to be put in the spot where they're just going to be terrible. Uh, they're they're a team that I believe their offensive line moves really fit the scheme that they're going to run. I think this offensive line is greatly improved. Uh, and they can kind of mask the some of the deficiencies they have from a talent at the running back perspective because what whatever cares about running back talent. Uh, and, and then you like you add Corey Davis. We love Elijah Moore on this podcast. This is a big time Elijah Moore podcast. Uh, so I'm just gonna go with the Jets uh, to win five games instead of two this year. I was kind of hoping this wasn't going to be the three teams I was left with, and inevitably, of course, it was. Yeah, I, I guess I'll just go with what Rich was going to do. I'll take the Bengals. Uh, hope for. <laughs> Hope for a Joe Burrow, uh, you know, healthy season. Uh, I think when you know I, I wrote about the the year two quarterbacks, he was one of the best in uh, you know short drops. Um, one of the highest uh, EPAs, I think, second EPA on on short drops. Um, 
so that that quick game is there. Um, you know, hoping that a Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd uh, led passing game is going to bring it. There's a lot of talent on the defense. I don't like anything Lou Anarumo has done over the past uh, couple of years uh, with that defense. Uh, but there's there's some talent there. Yeah, I, I, I don't need to talk about and talk myself into this. It's it's the last pick of the, the draft. 30th obviously, pick. obviously, we're not picking Houston or or Detroit here. Um, so yeah, there there we go. Um, uh, a bet on the, the the best quarterback available. I'm just gonna go with. So there we go, and that uh that does it. I like it. I like it. Uh, so Dan's gonna put these up on the website. We'll tweet it out. You guys can uh, let us know which team you like the most, which team you like the least. There is a thousand dollars in cash money on the line for the victor at the end of the year. You guys won't get paid just like any of futures until January. <laughs> but uh, I highly encourage everybody to utilize coupon code get 25 you like cash money too why don't you save some 25 percent off anything on the website we're talking hundreds of dollars here if you use it on some of the season-long betting packages um or you can use it on the weekly stuff and it's super convenient for you as well so get 25 25 off tune in to this podcast we got some great shows that are going to be coming out on a weekly basis three of them per week i think you're going to love it and reminder you guys are drafting our best expert, I think one of the best in the industry, Rich Rebar, get all of his fantasy stuff, get his cheat sheets, get everything that you need to get prepared for the draft and take down these leagues. Good luck to you guys who are going to be drafting. And we look forward to catching you guys next week right here on the feed. Thanks, gents. 